0: Greetings and salutations, True Vegan Radio is back with episode number 72, 72 episodes so far, and um, yeah, as you know, uh, as I was bringing a rather fun and uh, easy, easy episode the last time talking about beer, which was a very successful um, episode, as I could see from the downloads, uh, I try to mix it up a little bit and bring fun topics, Tuber Huguen cultural topics, inside Tuber topics, and from time to time I talk to the band. But uh, and this is what exactly, exactly what I'm doing on, on this podcast. I uh, grab the phone and talk to Happy Tom, but not because I wanted to ask him about uh, a new Tuber Negro album, which is officially not planned at the moment and I uh, didn't want to talk to him about death punk and whatnot. But I found out that Happy Tom is doing a, or has, has done a, um, a very interesting uh, series on politics in the USA, namely the American dream. And it, the series is called UXA. Uh, it's on Norwegian television. And I uh, took the chance to mix up, especially before the US election, Uh, That is coming up very very soon. I uh, took the chance and uh, grabbed the phone and talked to Happy Tom about um, his endeavor uh, on Norwegian television. And uh, yeah, why don't you all listen up and um, listen in what Happy Tom has to say on the state of US politics and the American dream.
1: wird gehalten. Bitte Sie einen Moment. Please hold the line. Oh, cool. is it better now? Yes, yeah, better. The machine gun is gone. Okay. So hello, happy Tom. Uh, you're back. Ahoy. On the, uh, ahoy. You're back on the Two Weekend Radio podcast. And what made me call you and talk to you is this thing I picked up on the internet. And this is mm. your, your your new TV format on a Norwegian station, a TV station called NRT. Is that NRT? Mm. As in NRT, yes. NRK? Yes, <laughs> NRK.
2: We have a- t- t-shirts t-shirt. called, uh, let's say, Sons of NRK. It's um, it's an internal thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's called XUXA instead of USA. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. as I understand, you're the host of that. Uh, Television series, documentation, and yeah, the basic question, what I would like to start up with is, what is is the format, what is it all about, and why are you doing it? Well,
2: uh, I've been hosting a talk show on NRK, which is public service film, kind of like BBC uh, in Norway, and um, I've been hosting that for about 11 years, Uh, but we also started branching out, making documentaries, and then uh, four years, or three and a half years ago, we went back to my... Well, as you know, my dad on my on my father's side, I'm American and I'm a U.S. citizen, and uh, I I spent uh, my early childhood in in the U.S. And uh, so anyway, we went back to my uh, family there uh, to see who they were going to vote for between uh, Trump and Clinton, Hillary Clinton, and uh, with my cousins, and it, it was just you know it was an eye opener for a lot of people because uh, the uh, one of my cousins, uh, the the girl, she was going to vote for uh, Trump, and uh, her twin brother was going to vote for Hillary. So um, it's just uh, it's a, basically it's about how uh, and then and then and that really surprised a lot of people because they saw that uh, they saw that Trump voting Trump was a protest in a way, you know, not because mm-hmm. necessarily because you're a racist or a bigot or a, you think Trump is a cool guy, but it's just a big People are so disillusioned in the United States now, and it's basically it's 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 just really sad to see how uh, how the United States has changed for the worse. And uh, I, I'm a huge fan of the USA, and it's it's like the first big love of my life, America, and. I, Mm. It's just really depressing. And then we went back now to see how how it's been after three and a half years with Trump. And, so this was um,
1: back in 2016, right? Your yeah, yeah it, it mm. uh, it, yeah. it premiered.
2: Yeah, that was just a one-off, one episode documentary, and it was it showed it was aired uh, the night before the election in uh, 2016. And uh, I don't know. I think uh, you know. I've got some praise that that was like the only thing people saw in the mainstream media that sort of predicted that Trump was going to win and um
1: mm-hmm.
2: and um we well, you know how that election was it was a uh, well it was the primaries in the Democratic Party was you know my favorite which is you know is Bernie Sanders and mm-hmm. how uh, you know the establishment the wing of the Democrats uh, pushed him out and uh, they ran a very unpopular uh, very uh, basically she's just like a right wing conservative, uh, Hillary Clinton, they ran her against, you know, Trump, who was just a, a madman, but who said, you know, a lot of stuff that uh, really appealed to a lot of people. We feel left behind, you know, and so we mm-hmm. went back uh, now to, um, to see, to make a whole series about what, you know, America the last 40 years, because I feel Trump is sort of a culmination of uh, what's happened, especially uh, economy, uh, with the economy, Since around 1980, and it's you know the American, it's basically sort of trying to, it's me hunting, searching for the American dream or whatever is left of it, and uh, Mm -hmm. you know it's uh, it's just um, really heartbreaking. But you know I think to to sum it up really fast, what what we find is. globalization has been has not been a good deal for uh, working people in america uh there, you know there was a nasa which uh was a reagan's wet dream and bill clinton passed it in the like 1994 which basically drained a lot of the industrial areas or the, the industrial areas of america drained them of the jobs because they were you know all the jobs were outsourced to uh china and mexico and uh you know, uh, and uh, that happened, and then Ronald Reagan broke to the trade with the labor unions mm-hmm. with the air controllers uh, strike uh, in 1980, 81, and then um, <sighs> he installed what what was going to be a trickle down economy. Basically, they told, especially the working class and the middle class America, that if you just uh you know if you if you're willing to you know got not get have as much of the welfare state you know if you're willing to let us privatize the uh, schools privatize health uh then if you just let us the rich people get richer that money will trickle down on you you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that wealth will trickle down on you because it will stimulate you know making money and uh which in you know in theory is yeah that makes sense you know like make it easier for people to start a business and you know it sounds like it's going to help the little guy the little business owner but what it in, in effect did was it just consolidated a lot of money uh, on, in the hands of very few and it created a lot of monopolies and uh and Bill Clinton was right along for the ride, and he—he, uh, he, uh, yeah, like I said, NASA, North American Free Trade Agreement, and and uh, and then uh, we had uh, George—you know—the the catastrophe that was happened in two thousand, which was that George W. Bush was, or in effect, Dick Cheney was elected as president. Uh, very cynical, very cynical people, and. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, that's when some really really devastating things happened for America, because uh, you know the nine eleven uh, islamist uh, terrorists based you know uh, predominantly from saudi arabia they, uh, they attacked New York City and the pentagon and uh, you know mm-hmm. you know the what happened and uh, so the, the neocons you know which was the ideological platform of the uh, George Bush and Cheney, uh, they turned around and they said, uh, because people, you know, America wanted revenge uh, because it's the first attack ever on, on mainland America, you know. And, uh, and they said, yeah, 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 we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna avenge this. And then people said, you know, I don't know, but at least people said, oh, so we're going to bomb Sa- Saudi Arabia? <laughs> no, we're going to bomb like one of the two secular countries in, in the Middle East. Uh, And they did that on the, for that they created this uh, basically conspiracy theory about weapons of mass destruction. And now, and then it turned out and, you know, everybody was on board there. Everybody won that war. Uh, Pretty much almost every representative also in the Democratic Party and the entire mainstream media was all on board and really eager to, to do this. And then it happened, you know, in spring 2003, they started bombing Baghdad. And then, some, you know, after, after a while, they found out that, hmm, he didn't have these weapons of mass destruction. You know, so people sat there and then like, hmm, so, you know, we could, we, now we can't trust the politicians. We can't trust the media. You know, and then... Uh, some years later, and then, and then, uh, of course, Bill Clinton also removed the Glass Steagall Act, which was set in the '30s to prevent a new Wall, uh, a new 1929 crack. You know, it prevented savings banks, sa- savings banks, it prevented banks from gambling on Wall Street with people's saved money, with people's savings, and they deregulated that. So, so all of a sudden, Wall Street and pretty much Every bank, you know, across America, turned into a big casino. Yeah. And as you know, you know, you know who who always wins at the end of the casino? It's the house. So uh, overnight, then you know, then the whole subprime uh, loan thing happened, and um, and America, American economy just uh, collapsed, and then the global economy collapsed as a result of that. So now millions of middle-class Americans lost their homes. Uh, and then after the banks had, you know, like my brother lived in a town in Oregon called Bend that 80% of all homes in that town were foreclosed. You know, that means the bank comes and says, okay, you didn't pay your monthly, you know, your monthly uh, mortgage bill, now we own the house. Even if you had one payment less, uh, left, you know, mm-hmm. if you'd been paying your mortgage for 30 years and you had one payment left, They took the house. You you were left with nothing. So it was predatory. It was very predatory. And then the banks and Wall Street turned around and said to the government, oh, poor us, you know, we're in crisis. If you don't give us a big stimulus package, the dollar is going to collapse. So they got, you know, trillions of dollars from the taxpayers that they had also stolen the houses from. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and like my cousin said, who I interviewed in the first documentary, he's a, uh, he used to be an Air Force. You know, he was in the U.S. Army. Uh, he was an um, Army parachute ranger. You know, he was in the Panama, you know, when the U.S. went in and, and took Manuel Noriega, who they themselves had installed, of course, the dictator, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, a, he's an actual combat veteran. And he, but he, he's very poetic that the U.S., the, the financial crisis broke America's heart you know it's not just that people were angry but people were really sad because you know the it just that was like the final proof that the system is a, rigged against you know regular people you know so first it was the lies about Iraq and then and then the financial crisis you know and then you know because of what happened in Iraq and the media that's why you know when Trump showed up he's like oh uh, whenever he gets criticized, you know, whenever people, whenever they, find, found out, whenever they find out something about him, he just turns around and says, oh, that, that's fake news. Yeah. You know, and people, but people know that fake news is an actual thing, you know, because everybody got faked into the Iraq war. So people are like, yeah, he might be right, you know, fuck the media, you know. So, uh, you know, what's going on in America is just, a, it's a big disappointment. And also wages have been at a standstill. Since 1980, well, the cost of living has, you know, skyrocketed. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so basically, and then the last final straw was in in like 2004 when the Supreme Court uh, opened up for uh, money into politics. It's called the Citizens United case, uh, which means that... uh, there used to be regulations how much money corporations, you know, and big, big foundations could give to politicians, you know, as a donation, mm-hmm. campaign donations. But then the Republican majority in the Supreme Court came in and said, no, no, let's, let's uh, fuck that. We'll throw that regulation away because, and the reason was, uh, we don't want to infringe on the freedom of
1: speech of corporations. <laughs> so that's what that was so the argument.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, oh, we have that's our First Amendment in the, in the U.S. Constitution, freedom of speech and freedom of expression. And that's like, oh, well, uh, corporations
1: uh, are, you know, <laughs> corporations yeah, have that, feelings let's too. Let's apply that on corporate America. Mm. Yeah, so basically, oh, the, the, that last little
2: wall between corporate America and politicians was just removed. And so much money is going into politics now, and uh, it's so money-based, that uh, Congress members spend 80 percent of their time uh, out fundraising, and there used to be like in 1974, there was like 200 lobby uh, lobbyists, uh, lobbyists in, the, in washington dC and now there's like three and a half thousand sh- big lobbyist um, agencies, oh, you know
1: yeah.
2: and there used to be for every journalist or for every, for every uh, PR. Uh, advisor, you know, in like 1975, there used to be 20 journalists. Now, for every journalist, there's 20 PR advisors. So you know, the journalists are, yeah, the journalists are there to guard the people, you know, from power. You know, and keep a, a, a watch on uh, on power. And, you know, now that's gone. Plus the, You know, plus you got, you know, like um, also there was something called the Fairness in Broadcasting Doctrine, which was a law uh, that said, that if you want to be a broadcaster, you have to have fairness. You know, you have to be sort. You have to at least try for neutrality or try to go for objectivity. You have to try mm-hmm. to tell both sides of every story. And if somebody talks, you know, shit about you, then, then they have the right to reply, you know, in 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 a proper manner. And then Reagan threw that out, I think, in eighty seven, and then that opened up for talk radio, you know, with a bunch of you know. Angry guys screaming shit, Um, and then uh, then the cable TV came in, and you know it was Fox News, and then CNN, and then you know so we had all of a sudden all these TV channels had to fill twenty four seven. They had to fill their their screen, their their stream with news, and a lot of it turned out not to be news. It's just opinions disguised as news, and it's really partisan. So this really divided the American people, you know? Yeah. And, um, and that's also profit-driven because, you know, these news channels, they're not there for news. They're there basically just to sell commercials, advertising. The news is just the filler in between. But then, you know, to, 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 to seem relevant, you have to have conflict. Then you have to have confrontation 24-7. You know, you can't have, yeah. oh, uh, the fireman saved a kitten from a tree, you know? So you turn on any cable, any cable outlet now. It's three in the morning. There's people screaming about some scandal and this just in, breaking news, shocking. You know, so it's just the temperature is so high, and a lot of it is just bullshit. And it's but it's just really polarized the American people. So there you are. You know, your people are. A lot of jobs are gone. The wages have have been at a standstill. Um,
1: you know, and there's just a lot of uh, you know. It's just well, they threw everything out the window. The regulation is gone, and here comes Mr. Trump, who is running for president in a few days, basically. Yeah, and
2: you know, yeah, and you know, but you know, like people blame him, you know. But I mean, it, it's not uh, you know, it's it it's not Trump that created this shit pot. It's the shit pot that created Trump. He's just like the creature from the black lagoon, who sort of you know. All this shit turned into, you know, some of these shit molecules turned into a, a you know, a person, you know. So, you know, it was, just, it was just right for this to come in. And, you know, he came down this escalator at Trump Tower, him and Melania, when he was going to announce his candidacy in 2016 or 2015. And he said, you know, he said, the American dream is dead. And, you know, this that hit home with a lot of people. And, you know, you have to realize, you know, a lot of people that voted Trump, like I said, they're not racist. They're, they're not bigots. And they're not, they don't, like I said, a lot of them don't even necessarily like the guy, you know. But but I don't know. And then, you know, then of course he has his base now with, with, of about 30% of the voters and, you know. and But also democracy in America is not only the money thing, but, you know, um, the biggest party in America, uh, you know, the third biggest party in America is the Republicans, you know, if, in volume and, you know, and, and in these account heads, the second mm-hmm. biggest part in America is the Democrats. And the, the the biggest part in America is the people who sit at home, you know. They don't vote. And, um, you undecided. know, a lot of places it's, yeah, you know, the undecided, and people don't care because it's apathy. And they don't, you know, like my my cousin's husband who works at a, at a ship plant, a shipyard in Texas, you know, he, they make nothing, you know. I mean, steel workers, even in India, you go to a shipyard in India, in Kerala, in India, those mm-hmm. are the people who work at the shipyard there. They actually make a little money, you know. These guys in Texas, they, they make nothing, you know. There's no unions. There's no nothing. They make fucking $10 an hour in the, in the oil industry. You know, it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But he said, you know, yeah, I'll vote Trump, but I just know that no matter who's going to be president, I, I still have to, you know, get up at 5 in the morning and go have, you know, work my shitty job and get paid shit. No matter what you know people know that you know people know that the system is rigged, and they know you know that's the way you know that's what
1: America turned into
2: you know and
1: um what do you think is 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 because people are still mentioning and referring to the American dream is that out the hmm. window right now, or would you say uh, or you know in in, in how, i mean i I understand that rich people who are the gap between the rich and the poor got really wider. Uh, uh, why are people still referring to the American Dream, and uh, what is for the, for the for the regular population, for the poor guy? What, why are they still referring to that? Do you, do you have the impression that they still believe in it, or is it just a some well, sort of an you know, idea you take, or a story?
2: If if you take that away, they have nothing.
1: This this you illusion. Know
2: of an American well, dream. Well, illusion. Home. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, I mean, like, if you were born in the U.S. in, 19, in the 1940s, you know, the American dream is, is sort of a big, is, of course, this big, sweeping, majestic, poetic vision, but it's also very concrete. It's a social contract that said that you can come here and, you know, uh, the, the streets are maybe not made of gold like you might heard, you know, back in Italy or Ireland or Scandinavia or Germany, you know, or, or Austria, but still, you can come here, uh, and you can come from poverty. You don't have to. It doesn't matter who your parents are. You come here and you work hard. You might. You'll probably get a little better than you used to. But your kids are going to have a better life than you. You know, that mm-hmm. was the American deal. That was the uh, that was the American contract. And if you were born in the forties, I think, you know, like ninety five percent of every all Americans born in the nineteen forties. Um, had a better life than their parents, you know, economic, financially. But w- what we see now, because of the breakdown, you know, of industry, the, the, the stagnant wages, the breakdown of, of, the labor, of the labor movement, all these things, the outsourcing, um, people were born in the 80s, you know, the so-called mill- millennials, uh, 80s and 90s, only half of them are going to have a better life financially than their parents. So, you know, it's Mm -hmm. not, you know, when you break the American dream down to this measurable quantity, uh, am I going to have a better life than my parents? Then, you know, that's for pretty much, I'm thinking if things go on as they do now, I think, you know, the majority of of Americans are, are going to have a worse life. So America has peaked. You know, and I think the American dream is a really powerful, beautiful thing because America was, you know, America has done a lot of terrible shit and it was, you know, a lot of it, you know, slavery, it was based on the genocide of the of the Native Americans, it was based on uh, the, this uh, imperialism, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. and um, you know, this predatorial capitalism, you know, that sort of glo- uh, turned into globalization and but, but the American dream in itself, and America, the idea of America, I think it's really beautiful. And I, you know, I consider myself very much a, a patriotic American. Uh, but my patriotism isn't about being a bigot or a, being an asshole or a jingoist, as it's known as, you know. It's like, uh, it's about that America was a dream where everybody could have a chance. And, uh, you know, people came from immense poverty. Even Norway was such a poor country, you know, and people... Came across the the ocean, and uh, they got they had better lives, you know. And uh, you know, it's the the meritocracy, you know, which was the opposite of the aristocracy in Europe. That means that mm-hmm. you are, you know, you you do your best, and if you're skilled, you know, uh, if you're not that skilled, you're still gonna have an okay life, you know. If you can, you can work at the, you know, at the assembly line at a factory, you know, and then if you're skilled, you can go on to win a Nobel Prize in science, you know, that's that's America, you know, and and I think that's just a really beautiful dream, I think, um, and I think, uh, but not, not like even a conservative uh, uh, historian, uh, Samuel Hunting, who died in the 2000s, he said, you know, he said, you know, he was, he said, well, he was right, America.
1: the clash of the cultures, right? He's yeah, 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 you know, no, clash of,
2: yeah, sorry. Yeah, a very conservative, pretty you know, pretty fucking reactionary guy. But even he said, "America now, American class system has more in common with Tudor England." Uh. You know, it's more cemented than even England was. You know, under the Tudors. And uh, you know that's a real eye-opener because this guy, this isn't you know, he's not a Marxist. This isn't Bernie Sanders. This isn't you know. Noam Chomsky, this is like, this is, you know, basically a Reaganite, you know, who said, you know what, hmm. So, um, I think, and it has turned in, you know, it has turned into a place where, you know, it depends on your, I mean, you can still work hard, and I mean, look, you know, like athletes, rock stars, uh, like uh, the IT wizards, you know, that come out of nowhere and just turn into like gazillionaires, you know, that still happens, but it's just, like uh, a friend of mine, a Norwegian sociologist and comedian named Heidel Aya, who, who does a lot of educational, like ed- edu infotainment, um, uh, he's a colleague of mine uh, and Arke. He he made this program about how it's uh, a TV show about how it's it's actually way easier to become a millionaire in Norway than in a, in the USA. Nowadays. You know, there's so mm-hmm. the, yeah, Norway. It's, the USA is so stagnant now. Like my my cousin's son. 16 and he's a total IT nerd and he lives in poverty in, in, uh, in southern Texas. He wants to go to MIT, you know, Massachusetts Institute of Technology which is probably the world's you know best university for technology and we looked up the tuition and it cost, you know, like, like $80,000 a year.
1: To go to university? You
2: know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I mean back in the 50s you could go to Harvard, even going to Harvard was like yeah, it didn't really cost that much you know, and the of course, and then you you know there's still scholarships and everything for the really bright, but you know it, that's that's America how the people in the middle were just squeezed out, you know, and became the lower class because of course you know if you're super smart you're gonna you're gonna have a great life in America, but you know like most smart people aren't super smart you know they're not Einstein but yeah. they're fucking yeah. smart and they're they're smart enough to, you know invent technology and invent you know you know they're like and you know there even those people they end up working at you know in the service sector they end up you know waiting tables and and pumping gas yeah, exactly. at a gas station you know
1: so what do you think if uh, uh, approaching the us election you you, you talked about the americans or what 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 is the best best what is the best case that that can happen in your mind to america in order to to uh well Better the situation of the whole country to make the American dream, the original American dream. Uh, well, I think you need know, to go really back
2: to. Mm-hmm. I think we need to get back to the vision of you know one sort of a, you know, like Teddy Roosevelt and the progressive. we uh, were you know actually Republicans. You know, they're the people who you know in the 1890s america looked a lot like it, like it did today with some, like these super rich people on the top like the great gatsby people the, the so called robber barons you know who who owned the railroads they owned the the limb, the, the, the the lumber industry you know they owned uh, the, you know what became the oil industry and the
1: big industries
2: mm-hmm. and, yeah just a very few you know they were bankers you know like j p morgan and, and the rockefellers and and um, Carnegie, and, you know, they all, the steelworks, and then, the, basically it was just a, a, a oligarchy, you know, it was monopolists. And then Teddy Roosevelt came in and said, no, we're going to regulate this, fuck this, we're going to break up the monopolies, and then, and then uh, you know, the, that became a big thing that a lot of Americans uh, got into, you know, like populism, which is a negative word, Now was was actually invented uh, in the prairies. It was a a left wing people's movement of farmers and workers who said they didn't want to be controlled by big money anymore. You know, and they wanted good schools for kids. And basically, it was like Bernie Sanders, you know, or or the Mm -hmm. the Northern European uh, um, social democrats or socialist parties. You know, and that's where the word populist came from. That, That they were actually they were a third party called the populist party. And I think that's where we have to get back to. You know, who
1: can, who, who, in your opinion, can 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 be that person then that that, uh, that would be the right person to lead America to, towards that standard again? Will, would it be Mr. Well, Trump? Uh, you know, could he do it if he wanted to?
2: <laughs> well, you know, Trump was really, he's really, uh, he's a demagogue, and he's really uh, good at saying what people want, you know, and want want to hear. And he has a very you know, uh, don't underestimate him. He has a very good radar for what people want to hear, even though he obviously doesn't have much of a filter, or what, whatever, you know, shit comes out of his mouth. But, you know, it's like, you have to, you know, he took a lot of stuff from Bernie in the 2016 campaign. You know, he even had, like, paternity leave. You know, yeah, we're going to have paternity leave, you know, for that. Like, nobody's ever, I, I, don't, I don't even think Bernie said that. That's like... That's like communism, you know, in the U.S. And like, what? You know, and he, he says, you know, he says a lot of stuff to whatever crowd he's talking to. But, you know, I think to be, you know, I, I can't stand the guy, but I, you know, I, I just think he's almost sort of a sad figure who just came out of the swamp, you know, out of this lagoon, the, the, the black lagoon. But I, what I really don't like is, I don't like the Republican Party because I think... Um, I think they they just represent the landowners, but they're really good at selling the culture war, you know? They're really good at telling people, hey, um, oh, look at that, some some trans person wants to use the that toilet, you know, or look at that, there's some guy from El Salvador just crawled over the wall, and he's taking your job, you know? And then what they do, when everybody's looking at the trans person or the guy from El Salvador, they turn around and they outsource the jobs and they put in robots or they sell, you know, they just sell your... They sell you on Wall Street like you're a, a piece of gar- garbage or like a piece of a commodity, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Republicans are really good at. Like my, my grandparents, you know, they were progressive, you know, Southerners in a way, and um, and they always one of their main things in all through their lives was to make the U.S. election day a national holiday. So. M- you know, so as many people as possible can vote because it's vote. an important thing. You know, it's the, it's the keystone of democracy. And, you know, the Democrats keep suggesting this, and then Mitch, McT- Mitch McConnell, he just came straight out and said it. No, we're not going to have a national holiday because that's, that's a, a cute attempt from the Democratic Party. So, you know, the Republicans, are the only party in a Western democracy who, who don't want people to vote. You know, let that sink in. You know, there's some yeah. deeply undemocratic tendencies, which I feel. You know, I don't use the word a lot, but I think. You know, if you see it in the in, a, in the special light, it's it's pretty close to fascism. You know, yeah. and um, but also, you know, then you have the establishment of the Democrats who sold out the industry, sold out the jobs. They didn't care. I mean, Bill Clinton sold out. He destroyed. You know, him and Reagan together, they destroyed the U.S. industrial base, and they. You know, and it's just, and you know, he he made it really hard for single moms to get wealth. I mean, it's just like this. It's like this class war from the top against the people, you know, on the bottom. And I think, you know, I think to look. If I'm going to be positive about Trump, I'll say, you know, he he put the focus on the outsourcing of the jobs and the, you know, the negative effects of globalization for a lot of people in America. You know. And he also put the focus, the spotlight on on the opioid crisis, you know, which is just such a huge, vast tragedy. And I think, you know, he he said he was going to drain the swamp because, you know, everybody in America thinks that money plays way too much part in politics. But then after the Citizens United United verdict in the Supreme Court, you know, um, that's, but you know, he he tapped into that. He said, "I'm going to drain the swamp. You know, I'm going to kick out all the lobbyists. I'm going to kick out you know." But of course, mm-hmm. he didn't. I mean, his his entire cabinet is all lobbyists. You know, it's like Betsy DeVos, who runs you know the secretary of education. She's she owns a private school corporation. You know, it's like uh, in Norway, we say uh, like letting the goat watch the 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 the, the, the oat bag.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> you know like, well, you know, like, uh, yeah, and uh, that's well, that's what's happened under Trump. So there's, it's a lot of posturing and it's a lot of lies.
1: So coming back to... You go ahead.
2: Yeah. And then you have this new dimension now because of, you know, because of the uh, lying during the Iraq war and because of the polarization of media. It's now, now you have millions of Americans who believe this insane conspiracy theories. You know, like half of Americans now believe that Bill Gates somehow is involved in orchestrating the COVID uh, pandemic. And, you know, this is, a lot of it, you know, you can say that people are idiots, but, I mean, a lot that's of it's That's where is they, they don't in-
1: take them. If, if they've if they, been, if they, well, they don't believe in media and politics anymore, that's where they go with their minds they go elsewhere. Yeah, because, because they've
2: it. been lied they have been, li- they have been lied to. there has been a lot of fake fake news. There has been yeah.
1: like So
2: but you know, then Yeah.
1: But coming back to your to your TV format, um how many um episodes are still left? Is it is it uh can, please tell the audience where can they would they be able to watch well, it?
2: it's not available uh with uh, well they can watch NO. arcade.no uh, they might be, i don't know if yeah because the the they have a, like a you can watch an arcade shows on an arcade.no but uh and it might be geo blocked i don't i think i know some people in the have seen it but it's not subtitled in english because of the music rights so uh but uh i mean like um, the last the one we made in um, 2016 is called uh, Thomas Heltzer in. Or it's called in Hillary's and Donald's backyard. Backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll put it on the podcast so, page.
1: Because, but that, I but
2: because I think that's on, you, that's on YouTube, and somebody somebody ripped it and put it on YouTube, and actually uh, and actually uh, subtitled it. So mm-hmm. who knows? That might happen with UXA. You know.
1: Yeah, I've, I've got the chance so to to click on the link. But since I live in Europe, I think that uh, might be. Possible, but maybe not in the in the in the US. I've I've tapped into it, and it's Norwegian, as, of course. But when you are talking, but you get a lot lots of information as as you're interviewing your relatives in the states in English. So that's at least yeah yeah
0: yeah. Look. yeah
1: and you get gets, you get most of of, of the content anyway. Um, yeah yeah, cool. Yeah. But it's a really great and cool thing that you're doing that, and um, that's I was Thank very you. interested in in, in how. How you approach it, and I think you elaborated in, in a very detailed and comprehensive way. So, so thanks, Tom. This, this, on this podcast, we're not we're not going to be talking about too much about uh, Turbo. Maybe just one sentence. Any <laughs> yes. any concert in, two, uh, in 2020 or um, any... I don't think so, man. Meet, <laughs> <it's> like i <laughs> meeting meet me neither, or any record because I mean we couldn't go fun? the
2: cyber thing. Yeah we, yeah, we we actually, we went and recorded some uh, sketches for songs and really were pretty badass tunes in like February. And then, you know, then everything froze. I mean, like Tony couldn't even come to Norway for a long time. And I don't, you know, I don't think he probably can even today. And, and then like, you know, it's just for us, you know, we're just old, old farts, you know, it's like, it's not like it's, uh, crucial for us to like put out a record in 2020 or go touring but you know like I really feel bad for like Trailer Talk who put out this brilliant album you know like a week mm-hmm. before the pandemic you know it's called Speed and I highly recommend it and you know they you were gonna go album? really yeah. it's so good it's the first album with Eva, you know on uh, from Silver yeah. on uh, vocals and uh, it's so good and you know, so for them, I tuned in for their cyber concert, you know, but I could tell even... And it was awesome, but I could tell they even felt it was... You know, it's just awkward, and I, I don't... You know, I'd rather sit and listen to music than watch a band play, you know, for, in front of no people. No it's artists. just like... Mm-hmm. It's just too weird. It's, and I think, yeah, and I, we talked about it in the band, and we're like, no, that's not for us. You know, it's like... You
1: know, so, no so and I time mean, time, like, we
2: don't have, well, you know, we don't, well, I mean, I mean, we had a lot of festival shows and we had a lot of uh, also in-between festival shows booked for the summer uh, or late, late spring and the summer and early fall. But, but you know, of course, everything. But, I mean, some of festivals, they festivals, they just kept the program and they're going to run it in, 20, you know, 2021. But, I mean, who knows? You know, it's like yeah. everything, every, this whole mindset, like, yeah, then the COVID, that's going to end. Maybe that's going to end, like, in three months, you know.
1: You know, yeah, people have to addressed. be aware. I mean, yeah.
2: it might never, you know, things might not actually go back to
1: the what what they were. You know, this is. A,
2: you know, I'm not I mean, a we don't know. expert, but but you're
1: you're gonna you be know. around the, the the block with Turbo Negro, and as soon as it's uh, concerts uh, are allowed to take place, you're you're gonna be oh,
2: man, I'm fucking dying to play. You know, yeah, we're yeah. just like we're just sitting around, we just send each other like. Uh, you know, like old YouTube clips of uh, funny or cool stuff, you know, like you know, old glam rock or old, like Rolling Stones bootlegs or like old obscure punk stuff. We just pretty much every day, that's what we do. It's like, wow, this is awesome, you know. And, like we always done, but now it's, you know, it's plus, you know, I, I like I met through the Knut, we had dinner like two weeks ago, and then uh, we Scott with Tony uh, a little before that, and then I... So I just got a text from uh, H.M., who had his birthday the other day. And it's just like, but I didn't even throw mine, too. So I'm kind of isolated from the other guys. But, you know, I just really missed the other guys. And then we have such a, it's just it's such a good time going and playing with these guys. So, yeah. I mean, it's that aspect, too, you know, so.
1: Yeah, but at least you, you, you really, um, you were, since you were doing the documentary, you, you spent your time well, and you put out yeah, a, thank you. A, an awesome documentary, the UXA which is available on the Internet, and I'll be posting it on the podcast. Um, cool. Yeah, but for the time being, thank you, uh, Thomas, for your time and your uh, detailed um, explanation, which is right. the audience, it's mostly the U.S. audience, because they're more into the U.S. politics. Thank yeah. you much, and um, I hope you will be joining the Drew Buegans uh, podcast soon, and if you eventually decide to put out a, just a nugget, a song or any, anything, just mm-hmm. let me know, I'd be happy. But you know, yeah, I,
2: just, I just like to add a little, like sort of like a poetic thing. Here. But you know, because I know there's, you know, there's Trump fans and and Turbo, you know, there's, you know, there's, you know, and I think there should be room for everybody. And I think people have to, you know, the polarization is it's almost fake because everybody I talk to in America, no matter what, you know, people have there's some basic values in America that are really good. It's like justice for all, you know. You have to go pretty far out on the right to, to find people who actually, you know, think that, no, I just want justice for people who look like me. You know, I mean, everybody in America has this basic, uh, or most people in America have these basic values that people deserve a, a shot in life, you know, that kids from poor families should deserve a, a, a shot at a, at a good education, you know, that people shouldn't have to pay out their ass if they get sick. Uh, you know, that endless, these endless wars that the U.S. have had going, you know, for decades, for generations now, you know, but pretty yeah. much everybody agrees, you know, that that's bullshit that has to end, you know, and that's, and I think people have to, we should look at whatever we have in common, you know, and I think, uh, I think we just have to, you know, lower our shoulders and lower our voices and, you know, just have a beer and find out, you know, that people are really agree on a lot
1: of the important stuff, you know. Yeah. Word. That's a good. Thank you. That's a good finishing word for the podcast. Yeah. Thank you, Tom Thomas. Again, all the best for you, and uh, hope to hear you on the on the podcast very soon. Alrighty. Thank you. Bye. bye. Take care, my friend. <laughs> bye bye.
2: My
0: so that was Happy Tom with some serious information on his take um, on the American Dream, and uh, this 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 topic, the American Dream, brought me directly into the cream puff, uh, which is obviously you know, might have been yeah an easy easy choice, the easiest choice I've ever had to to do when picking uh, picking a cream puff, and this song is called the American Dream. And uh, not coincidentally, it's related to professional wrestling. Uh, since I found out that there's a uh, Truby Jugend group on Facebook who's uh, interested in wrestling, which I'm also very fond of, or at least I grew up and uh, learned English via Ros- uh, we were watching the Royal Wrestling Federation in the early 80s. Um, still, I like wrestling, and I'm happy that Truby Jugend has its own wrestling group on the Facebook now. But uh, the point is that... Um, that when looking at uh, the current situation in the in the United uh, States of America, uh, and looking at the candidates and looking at all those discussions uh, and uh, everything basically they say on media, uh, it, it came it came to me uh, in an instant and just like thunder and lightning. That, uh, yeah, it turns out to be, if you have watched the discussion there between uh, the two candidates, that it looks like there's the World, world Wrestling Federation going on. And uh, what I'm actually lacking or was imagining the only, the only guy who's really, who really should uh, take part in the U.S. election, uh, at least in the, in the fight for the presidency, should be none other than Vince McMahon, who by his, who is the boss of the World Wrestling Federation and by his persona, would fit right into this very, very sad uh, picture. Yeah, so that that uh, this closes the circle of this episode. Uh, the American Reap, as um, very eloquently uh, elaborated by Chubinigo's uh, Happy Tom, um, is coming to an end. And I'm very, uh, I'm not happy, I don't even know, but I'm very convinced that this cream puff has never been as fitting and it's called the american dream which was the walk up song of the one the only dusty roads